Yes, yes, yes. On a Wednesday, Siles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports, taking you up to 2 p.m. We will be joined by a couple people today. Jake Shapiro, analyst for Denver Sports. That is our brother-sister station out there in Denver. We might give Jake a little bit of a hard time as the Kings get ready to face the Nuggets. Can everybody say thank you, Max Struess? <laughs> thank you, Max Struess, because I watched that game. I was watching it live, Chris, and I don't know how if you saw the whole thing happen, but basically there were eight seconds left, okay? The Cavs had the ball. The Cavs try to inbound the ball, and it gets knocked out of bounds on the Cavs. So then the Mavs get the ball with eight seconds left. Mavs pass it in. Cavs almost get a steal. Don't get it. So Luka just has, it's his world. He passes it off to PJ Washington, was supposed to be a king, didn't end up happening. We'll talk to Brandon about that, see what happened there. (laughs) He gets the dug, and the next thing you know, Max Struess comes down, the second longest buzzer beater in the history of the NBA. Simone behind the glass for us today. Chris Watkins, how are you doing? Good, great. Uh, glad that the the Mavericks definitely lost yesterday. That was really good for the Kings. Uh, it was awesome to see Max Struess hit that shot in that fashion. Brought I was telling you about the Tyreek at the horn shot mm-hmm. and, it, and how uh, I think you you mentioned that's the second longest uh, buzzer beater of all time. I would have to guess that Tyreek at the horn is number one. Uh, just made me think of those moments and. Uh, yeah, I mean, what what a what an exciting time this is for for basketball, man. I mean, this is I can't imagine if the Kings were to lose a game like that, what we would be talking yeah. about. Uh, I hope we don't have to go through that, but uh, what an exciting time for for basketball. And the Kings got got a really big one today. And as we know, this is kind of the start of of a really two big two game stretch here for the Kings. De'Aaron Fox questionable as he has a knee contusion. Right. He limped out. It was a slight limp. I'm not acting like he needed crutches or anything, but he did limp out of the post-game presser, and he was asked, you know, just kind of in passing, is everything okay with your knee? And he said he knocked knees with someone. Our own Brendan mm-hmm. Nunes found that clip of when it happened, and he posted it, so go check that out on X if you have not seen that. So he's questionable. If he doesn't play, we got a problem. Yes. <laughs> that, that If he doesn't play, we definitely have a problem. But you still got to find a way to get it done. And, and I promise I won't spend too much time on this. But this is why you can't trick off games. Because you never know what can happen. Right. And now you might go into this game without De'Aaron. I think he's going to play. I because too. I just think that's how he's De'Aaron gamer. is. Yeah. But you lose this game to the Heat. I know we're supposed to turn the page and, and move on to the next chapter. But this is why it can't afford to happen. Because you need either. The, you cannot lose both of these games. Yeah. If we're sitting here and Denver gets you, okay, beating the defending champs four times in a row, and they're on a three-game winning streak themselves, that'll be tough. But you definitely have to beat Minnesota just because every single game, and I know we're going to do – we have two versions of the pocket-watching segment. (laughs) We have one coming up here at 10-15, and then a little bit later as we look forward to who is is playing tonight. And the Warriors, they take care of business, so they're trying to climb up. They're in the nine seed, still a couple games back, but they're in the nine seed now. The Suns are still chilling. They still don't play again until tomorrow. Then they have off until Saturday, so we'll get in to all that. We also have our Kings roundtable at 11.30, fully loaded today with Brendan Nunez and Frankie Cardicelli talking to the guys about how they're feeling about the Kings, the state of the Kings, and everything moving forward. NFL Combine is underway, and we have notes and audio from the NFL Combine, and they also have report cards out. 
okay? You have player report cards out on every franchise. Some teams got Fs. Yeah, some got F-minuses. I've never seen an F-minus in my <laughs> life. There are some F-minuses on there, so we will report on Crazy. the Niners, of course, Chris's Vikings, and just the Fs that we see. And for you Raider fans out there, Raiders didn't do too bad. No, no Fs. It's probably no the best Fs. report card the Raiders have yes, ever gotten. Yes, no Fs besides the coaching report card, <laughs> but that's a little bit different because we know that they switch coaches during the season. And, yes, if you were listening to the end of the Carmichael Dave show and Jason Ross at 1.30, we are going to have a discussion about yeah. these Girl Scout cookies. I be learned, and I learned something, and, and Christopher Lodd, the camera was still on <laughs> as I'm previewing this to the guy. So Chris is probably about to send us that video of me. It looks like I'm, it's very important, yeah. Yeah. whatever I'm talking about. We're going to have some fun with that. At 1.30, and yeah, Chris, this is just a game where I know the Nuggets have won three in a row, and I know you got to go to Denver, mm-hmm. but it's not a no excuses. If they lose, they lose, but right. it would be really nice to get back on the right side of things. Yeah, definitely. Like, I, I think that's the that's the perfect way of framing this game. Like, you know, they, the Kings have already shown that they can handle a team of Denver's quality. It's just... It's it's a really big uh, task to try and beat the defending champs four times in a season, uh, especially in Denver. That's gonna be that's gonna add to the challenge as well. Um, it, it, you know, at the very least, it, the the only positive of of the Kings losing to Miami, I would say, is that you know, of course, losses have a have a weird way of kind of recentering you a bit and, and refocusing you, and so hopefully. Uh, we can get the best effort possible out of this Kings team tonight. If De'Aaron doesn't play, maybe again, it, there could be a weird positive of everybody acknowledging, okay, if De'Aaron's not playing, we all have to be on our A games or else things could go south really, really quickly. So, um, you know, of course, hoping and, and wishing that De'Aaron can play tonight. But uh, even if he can't, I mean, it's not an excuse to just get blown out. You still right. want to compete. You still want to show Denver that they that, just lost show the yourselves heat. even. Yeah, right. They just exactly. lost to the Heat. So it's you can't point. now. Right. Yeah. Now they say, well, we're missing one guy. Exactly. So that's a problem. When the Heat were missing half the roster. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully uh, hopefully you got to see it firsthand. You got to witness it firsthand. And uh, you can you can take something from it. Like, I, I think that, uh, you know, we've talked about it. You mentioned it already. The Kings have, have already uh, lost pretty much all the slack that they were given, and and they have to take uh, every single game as as a massive challenge. And tonight is is going to be a massive challenge. And it, it it's okay if they lose. That you know, again, Denver the the odds are kind of stacked against the Kings right now. I think they're seven and a half point uh, underdogs right now, so they're not projected or picked to win either. Uh, not really supposed to be close, but man, this would be a just just a fantastic win. And I think. Uh, you know, going 4-0 against the defending champs would definitely be something that, you know, <laughs> we're getting towards March. Everybody likes to do their March Madness resumes for why they belong in the tournament. Right. The Kings beating the defending champs four times in a season, that telling that's telling you something about this team. So uh, hopefully they can get – that's a long way of saying hopefully they can they can get it done tonight and, and build on uh, some momentum that they had previously built up before. One o'clock again, you will have an opportunity to see the Jacksons and Sister Sledge at Thunder Valley. I'll pick the number today. I have not picked the number yet, so I will pick the number of the winner today to see the Jacksons and Sister Sledge. That's at 1 p.m. You will want your chance, so give us a call on the Folsom Lake Honda hotline at 1 p.m., 916-339-1140. And yesterday was the first time... I'd say, and I and I love this man. We we are in the we are in the thick of it right now. And yesterday, yeah. 
I got my NBA league pass going and I'm looking and I'm paying attention. A couple guys didn't play for the Knicks last night, right? Is that is that correct? Because I I saw I'm pretty sure Julius Randle's been out for a Julius while. Randle has been out, yeah. but the Knicks did not take care of business. I'm confirming here. Yeah, there was no Brunson did not play last night. So there was no Brunson last night, which is unfortunate. The Pelicans who were missing CJ McCollum, who has kind of had a tough season yeah. with injuries, but the Pelicans still got it done. So I'm watching the Pelicans and Knicks, and I didn't initially know that Brunson wasn't playing. And then as I saw things kind of take off, I was like, all right, something doesn't look right, right here. And the Knicks, they tried their best. It was in New York, but it was not enough. DiVincenzo, 23 points. Bogdanovich, 20. But they don't really have – you're missing Julius Randle. Yeah. That, that, the Pel- and I hate to do- – all right, I'm going to do it again. The Pelicans did <laughs> what you're supposed to do when – Right. When a team is missing their dudes. Yep. Julius Randle was not playing. Yep. You know, Jalen Brunson wasn't playing. And the Pelicans went into New York, into the Garden. They took care of business. Yep. That's not to give them their flowers. That's just what you're supposed to do. Absolutely. When yeah. you get given a gift, yeah. you accept it. Yeah. Right? Yep. The Kings did not want to accept it. And now you got to take it <laughs> from Denver. That's what happens. Yeah. No, I had the same exact thought, actually. Not for this game, but I was watching or just keeping track on the score of the Milwaukee game last mm-hmm. night. They played Charlotte yeah. and they I think they were up by like 50 yes. at one point in yes. that game and I was just like so it's not crazy we're not crazy here for saying you're a good team this shouldn't be close at all yeah. and it just feels like I can probably count on my hand one hand how many times the Kings have just straight took care of business against an opponent and they've had plenty of opportunities and you know, I don't know if that's a, a sign of something that maybe, you know, maybe the top end of this team isn't right. necessarily as good as what we might think. But it, to me, it's got to say something because, you, yeah, last night's a perfect example of there's so many teams that just took care of business. The game wasn't close. They were able to play their their bench guys in the fourth quarter. And, you know, I <laughs> it'd just be nice if the Kings could have one of those games. I don't suspect it's going to be tonight against the defending I champs. Th- I'd be very impressed. I don't impressed. think it's going to be Friday against the Minnesota Timberwolves. I'll take it. But, um, you know, they have the Bulls on Monday, I think. It, that That's like a glaring opportunity looking that I see as, hey, can can you guys, and I, I talked about in the Spurs game, give your guys, put yourself in the right position here. Like, take care of business early so that you can rest a little bit. You barely have any rest down the stretch here. If you can beat a team and, and rest your players in the fourth quarter, that's a huge advantage to to have down the stretch. And uh, yeah, just it feels like the Kings have never capitalized on that this entire season. Teams are not going to lay over. No, right? We're too far. No, you beat them. We're too far into the season to think that teams are gonna are just going to lay over and just say, "Hey, we know we don't have our guys, so go ahead and right. beat us." We're not Whatever trying to you win. need to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just looking here at what it what, what the score was at halftime for this Knicks Pelicans game because it was it was a situation where okay, this this thing could get squirrely if the Knicks hang around. You never know what's going to happen, but ultimately the Pelicans just decided right in that third quarter that yeah. they were outscored in the second quarter, they kept it close. It was 12 it was 26 to 12. In the in the first quarter, then it was twenty nine to twenty five. But the bottom line is, eventually they got it done, and and they just took care of business. And excuse me, I'm looking at a different one. It was twenty six to nineteen first quarter, and then the second quarter, the Pelicans were outscored by the Knicks twenty eight to twenty two. So they kept it close at halftime, and then third quarter, 
26 to 20. Pelicans win that quarter. And then fourth quarter, 41 to 25. Yeah, a complete blowout. Eventually, Brandon it was, we're just better. Yeah. We're just better than you. Yeah. And that is that is not what the Kings were able to do. And now they got to find a way to fight through and get this done tonight yeah. against the Nuggets. When we get back continuing the conversation, we will go over all the action. Pocket watching part one. We will go over all the action that happened last night in the NBA as it pertains to the Kings and what they need to do to stay out of the play. And also we have a little Nuggets preview before we talk to Jake Shapiro at the bottom of the hour at 1045. Styles and Watkins, Sackdown Sports. The Wild Wild West. That is what the Kings are dealing with right now as we discuss what happened last night. 11-game slate. Not a ton of action for those specifics. Actually, I would say it was a lot of that. I mean, you have two of the four teams battling for those two last spots, the fifth and sixth seed. Two of them played. There's four teams, and two of them played last night. Right. And then the Kings will play tonight, and the Suns play tomorrow. So the Mavericks lose to the Cavs, which is huge. Now the Kings are in the seventh seed. They're yeah. up uh, half game on the Mavericks. And the Pelicans, as we discussed took down the the Knicks, and it would have been nice to get both. This is what happens now, man. This stuff is not going to go the way you want right. every single not night. Not every night, no. Not every night. I, I think you should More just be happy yet. that Max One of Drew's those games, made the, right. bu- the bucket because both of them could have won, absolutely. and that would not have been good. No, absolutely right. You got you got to take your, your minor victories as you can. If, if one team falls that day, I think that's a major win, like you said. Um, and frankly, I mean – the Mavs, I, I you you watch. You said you watched that game. Actually, I was out. And I about. watched the end of it. Oh, okay, I gotcha. the end of it. Well, I just know I saw. I only saw this on uh, on YouTube. I think they the the NBA YouTube posted it. They kind of blew that they game well, like in Struce a major went way. Off. Exactly. That's yeah. that's all I saw. Is Max Strus checked in with I think five minutes to go. He only played five minutes. Yeah. And I believe he hit five threes just in that five minute span. Yeah, he had fifteen points, five threes in five minutes. Oh he was hundred percent from the field. And that is blowing the game. I believe it was one ten to one nineteen when Strus checks in. Yeah. And he just completely took over the game. So again, I can't imagine what our airwaves would have sounded like if the Kings blew that Man. kind of game. But yesterday when you talk about how, you know, a lot of these teams like, why are the Mavericks in this situation? Blown opportunities. Exactly. And so, you know, let's let's just keep that in the frame here that ev- all of these teams are, are as frustrating as it is to watch the Kings on a nightly basis. They're not the only ones blowing games, having heartbreaks, and uh, looking like, you know, going from this could be s- such a great win mm-hmm. to instantly being one of the worst, most heartbreaking losses uh, maybe that you've ever been through because and, I can't imagine. And maybe that's ultimately why none of these teams down there should be taken serious. You're sure. just hoping no, someone catches fire. Yeah. You're hoping someone catches Something fire. Clicks. Yep. Very similar to what the Heat did last season. But at the same time, that's Heat culture. And there's only one team with Heat culture. Here is Tim Alcorn on Cleveland Cavaliers radio with the call of Max Struess's incredible game winner from half court to defeat the Mavericks. In this situation, you can't have anybody get an easy shot. Cleaver has that tip by Mobley, but Dodgers gets it back. Dodgers dumps inside Washington, puts it in. Two seconds left. The Cavs are out of timeouts. They have to go 94 feet. Struess from midcourt. Oh! 
for the Cavaliers. The Cavaliers call up heaven for the prayer. It is answered. Outstanding. So good. Outstanding. That was actually the TV call, by the way. But just outstanding stuff. And I'm sitting there watching these games, and I know I'm not the only Kings fan doing this. I'm sitting there watching these games, and why would I care <laughs> other than the Kings and yep. pocket watching yep. just to see what it does to the standings? And this is basically day two of week yes. one of this. Yes. We got how many more weeks of this? It's going to be so fun. It's going to be a roller coaster. It's I got to drink crazy. my beet juice to keep my yes. blood pressure down because I can't, I can't continue to do this. And then yeah. we got to do it all over again. Then you have a, either they're all going to play on one day yep. or you have, or you have what we had last night where there's somebody to watch yep. or the Kings are actually playing. And then tomorrow, and then, and then t- tomorrow night Kings don't play, but the Suns play. Right. How many more weeks of this? What, just three, wait for one of, weeks? Just wait for two of those teams to be playing each other. Wait for like yes. a Suns Mavericks game right. where you're going right. to be locked in, yelling at your TV like it is the Kings in the yeah. playoffs, and you're going to be like, "What is going on?" There's yeah. 21 more games left. It's it's going to be insane. But this is why this stretch of 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 games is is so fun in the NBA. And you know, honestly, we've missed out on this for the past 17 years because we weren't even really in it last year either. This is what has made the NBA so fun and such a great product is, you know, we talk about what makes the NFL great and a big part of what makes it so marketable is its urgency and the fact that there's only 18 weeks. And if you miss one weekend, well, then you pretty much missed a whole week of of news and dialogue and all this stuff. And this is this is the NBA this is the NBA's version of an NFL season, essentially. It's just, hey, you might not have watched all year long. It's fine. You can pick it up right here. You'll get a good feel for it. There'll be a sense of urgency. All the games matter. And, uh, yeah, I mean, this is this is what makes uh, – this is what has turned the NBA into probably the second biggest sports market uh, in America right now. And, and I'm just – I'm scared that the Kings are in it. But at the same time, this is uh, this is what you pay for. Yeah, I mean, at least – you're not there's another tier below which hopefully it it remains below yeah. right when you're talking about the Lakers and the Warriors the Warriors take <laughs> care of business below, yeah. I'm gonna tell you this because there's so many games on last night right I'm watching the beginning of Warriors Wizards because I got to yeah. see Jordan yes. Poole. and yeah. I guess apparently I, I I'm sitting there waiting 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 and then I got to do something of course so I missed the beginning tip off to see if Jordan Poole and, and Draymond dapped each other up, but J- Jordan Poole doesn't start. Yeah. So someone said that they dapped each other up. I didn't see anything. Because yeah. why would why would that have happened? Because Jordan Poole wasn't out there because he doesn't start anymore. Right. And by the way, you're the Wizards. You paid this man the bag, and you're you're literally <laughs> at the same level as right. the Pistons because you lost last night. Yeah. Is, is it crazy? Can you start Jordan Poole that game? Just yeah, on just principle. That one game, maybe right. Just on just start Jordan Poole for that game. You you yeah. threw him. You, he's already well. Actually, the Warriors threw him the bag. You trade for him. <laughs> you have the same record as the Pistons. Yep. And I don't care how bad he is. Just on it's principle, you should have started him. He gets They're in. Paying him a lot. You know. Too. You know. Like you, you might as well. You know what's hilarious is he gets in, and like I said, I caught the. I didn't catch all that game because I yeah. was switching back and forth. So. I'm watching, and Jordan Poole gets in immediately. Heat check three. Of course, makes it. He has about. I think he had eight points. In the in the whenever he got in the yeah the like the first he got stint, in, yeah yes, the first the first stint that he got in, I turn the channel. I'm watching Mavs. I'm watching all this stuff. 
Later on, I see because Seth had a really terrible he game. He had a horrible first half. Yesterday, yeah. too. And I think he only had 18 points. It was terrible. Yeah, I don't think he I'm had scrolling through, scrolling half. through. Jordan Poole, eight points within the first 10 <laughs> minutes that he played. Jordan Poole finished with 12. Yeah, he sure did. Yeah, he was five of it was, 17. It was, I'm saying to start him, I'm not saying it's the right decision. I'm just saying <laughs> you guys stink anyway. Yeah. So the Warriors are, are trying to climb. They're in the nine seed. They are... Three and a half games back, them them trying to get in, get out of the play in and into the playoff. That is tough sledding. If we yeah. think it's tough sledding for the Kings, you also have yeah the Mavs are now in the eight seed, only a half game. So if the Kings lose tonight, I mean, what are we talking about here? Because I don't think I don't think the Mavs play tonight. Uh, let me or check do, here. Do them. they do they double dip? They do not. Or they do. They do. They head yeah, to they Toronto. So you, let's get Pelicans also play tonight. As Pelicans well. play tonight. They got the. Here we yep. go. Yep. Here we go. Here we we'll go. talk about it later Clippers, in the show too. Lakers tonight. Too. What's it called? Poutine. Let's go, Poutine. All right. Toronto. Oh, for Toronto, I'm like, yeah. Oh, what oh, about? Hopefully, Drizzy's in the building. <laughs> six, six, syrup. six. All right. Can we get? Can we get everybody in the building? Yeah. The Raptors guy. Everybody in the building to yep. beat the Mavericks and Tyrese. We need you, buddy. Yep. We need you yeah. to beat the Pelicans. I've always been a big fan. Always, always rooted been a for big him, fan. You know? Love your outfits. L- oh, love the your, best. Love, love your energy on the bench yep. when you're not playing as well. You're definitely doing it for the team yeah. and not for not yourself. Not for attention either. Never. No. Never. No. So, Tyrese, please, 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 can you take down the Pelicans <laughs> as they're both on back-to-backs? You know the Mavs are going to be hungry. but And I'll yep. take a swap. Uh, if you got to take a swap, take a swap. Fine. If the Mavs win tonight, fine. And you have the the Pacers beat the Pelicans. I'll take that. I'm looking at it I'll too. Yeah, that. Pelicans are uh, heavy underdogs here. Six and a half point uh, favorites. The Pacers are. Mavericks are supposed to win. They're they're two and a half point favorites. But um, you know it's still close enough. Second night of a back to back. Those teams are both on the road too. It it's that, that's that's some tough sledding. So the Kings can actually do themselves a lot of favors here with a win tonight, and then hopefully, yeah, Phoenix can lose tomorrow they're playing uh who they're playing the Rockets so that's not the toughest matchup but you know as as crazy as it is I, I know you know things are are up and down but you know if if things go the King's direction there is a chance that at the end of tomorrow they're again the the five or the six seed and, and here we go again on the roller coaster but you gotta take it doesn't matter take care it doesn't matter if the Mavs yeah. lose it doesn't yeah. matter if the Pelicans lose if you don't yeah. take care of business yourself yeah. we will discuss how the Kings can do that against a Nuggets team the defending champion Nuggets team when we get back Styles and Watkins Sacktown Sports. The Nuggets have won three in a row as they are set to host the. Sacramento Kings, we will be joined by Jake Shapiro in about 15 minutes to talk. He is an analyst for Denver Sports, our brother-sister station. Shout out Bonville. And we will talk to Jake about how he's feeling about his nuggies and the possibilities <laughs> of a repeat. When is is was it the was it the KD Warriors the last time we saw? And I don't even remember if they were a one seed the whole time KD was there. But the last time a team won the championship as a one seed and just ran it back as a one seed again. It takes a toll on you, man. Yeah, that'd be tough. And I kind of feel like the Warriors were a two seed yeah, one of those years with I KD. I think that the Nuggets slipped into a one seed one of those years. I could I could check it out on basketball reference. I think but, you're right. Um, 
Yeah, I it's it's really really tough. That's a great point because it just takes so much. Like it takes so much to play 82 games. There's a reason why teams load manage and and you know uh, why it doesn't happen often. It's it's just exhausting. And then to go through a playoffs and play whatever the extra 25 games or whatever it is that you play, um, and then to do it all again the next season, it's it's uh, it's really really tough. And so yeah, it, the Nuggets are are definitely trying to do something that. Not many have done, and I'm looking at it here. The Nuggets actually finished – oh, that's in their division. Never mind. So uh, they did finish with – I don't think 54 wins would have been enough for the one seed. Uh, they finished second in the Western Conference. So, yeah, no, I, I actually do think that the Warriors did um, finish as the one seed uh, both of those seasons. Yeah, and it, it's tough, and I'm looking here. We do pocket watching for the for the Kings and, you know, that the bottom of the playoff race. But looking at the Nuggets, it's actually – Chris, we talked about how it'll affect the Kings. This is actually a huge night for the Nuggets. The Nuggets are only two games back. Yeah, uh, the, that's true. The T-Wolves and Thunder are tied for the one seed. Yeah. So if you look at who's in action tonight, pocket watching for those top seeds, you have the T-Wolves. I mean, they got the Grizzlies, but the T-Wolves right. play tonight against the Grizzlies. And shout out Jacob Gilliard. They wa- they waved my Zont, my Zont <laughs> King. Hopefully somebody picks him up. So they got the Grizzlies, the T-Wolves. You'd think they take care of business. And the Lakers and Clippers do battle in L.A. The Lakers can show up. They can show up against the Clippers. So that's something to keep a mind on as well. So if you're the Nuggets, you're thinking, okay, maybe we can make some moves here. The, Nugget, the Clippers are below. They're one game back of the Nuggets, so the Nuggets are trying to keep pace, and if for some odd reason the T-Wolves slip up against the lowly Grizzlies, the Nuggets and the Thunder would then take first place, and the Nuggets can make their way closer to that that two seed, and and they still have time. They still have time to get that one seed. So we talk about the Kings and how much is on the line. The Nuggets would really like the one seed as well. I don't think they're going to break their backs over it, especially when if – if you're looking in the Eastern Conference, if the Celtics take care of business, this whole thing is yeah. really doesn't matter anyway because they're so far ahead of everyone. They're going to yeah. get home court. Yeah. But you're still playing because we know how the Celtics can be, and if they do trick something off, of course, yeah. then you're in a position to get that one seed just based on your record. So it's a big, it's a big night for the Kings. It's also a big night for the Nuggets. Oh, this is sure. going to be hopefully a great game, and, and hopefully – a game that the Kings end up taking care of business. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think the Nuggets will try and get that that one seed. I feel like, you know, home court probably matters. And I am I was planning to ask Jake about it, um, how important they're viewing the one seed because, you know, playing in Denver or playing in Denver for any other team is that's a task, like especially in a playoff series where, yeah, you might play uh, a game seven in Denver. That's, that's just that, – that's probably the best home court advantage you could have – uh, in a game seven. So I, I, I totally right there with you. I'm sure Denver is going to be gunning for that one seed. Maybe they're not, they're not, you know, looking to go full throttle quite yet with so many games left, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, this would, this would definitely be a game that they feel like they need to win. Uh, the fact that they haven't beaten the Kings all year, there's, there's a lot of reasons for Denver to go all at it tonight. And it's also the first time we've seen them at full strength, right? We've seen them without, Jamal Murray for a couple games. We've seen them without KCP for a couple games. Uh, I think Michael Porter Jr. missed a couple games, or at least one game as well. Um, tonight's the first time we're going to see a fully loaded Nuggets squad, and 
It's I'm hoping De'Aaron plays tonight because I do want to see what it looks like both of these teams going at it full strength and um, just kind of what what it, how it, how it looks because these two teams are pretty similarly constructed. It just feels like Denver kind of has the the MVP trump card. And you have a Sabonis who is coming off a kind of a confused confusing game yeah. for Sabonis and a confusing game for De'Aaron Fox who box score wise looks like they took care of business. But if you watch the game. They didn't really take no. care of business. De'Aaron with those turnovers and Sabonis just kind of turned it into barbecue chicken yeah. on on Bam out of bio. So you have Sabonis who's going to be looking to tell him what they won, Johnny. Now he's got to yeah. take on Jokic, who oddly enough is kind of a better matchup for Sabonis. We've seen him do well. They basically just cancel each other out. Right. They both ball yeah. out. So you're you're gonna man. I'm just I'm yeah. just thinking about that. What a gauntlet for Sabonis to go from. You could argue without Joel Embiid playing right now, the three best centers in the NBA, one after the other after the other, to go from Bam to Jokic and then on Friday have to play Rudy Gobert. That's that's really, really tough for Sabonis. So, you know, he, he already had one not-so-spectacular game. I'd be surprised if Sabonis has another, but, um, you know, you, you just never know. And there's, there's a built-in excuse of the dude is facing probably the best competition at his position here. Yeah, but unfortunately, whether they're built in or or dropped in, it doesn't matter. No. It doesn't matter. The net rating, Chris, for the Nuggets, they are eighth in net rating. Fun. Defensive rating, they are ninth. Oh, so there's hope for us. Yes, and offensive rating, wow. they are tenth. Wow. So, again... They've gotten up to ninth at defensive rating. That's incredible. Yeah, again, the... The Nuggets, they're dealing with a lot. This is and I'll and I'm look. I'll, I'm going to tell Jake straight up. I mean, I don't. What what are what are the thoughts as far as this thing being a dynasty? I think they know they have Jokic. They know Jamal Murray is a gamer, and they're just hoping that they get another one. I don't think they've sat down. Some of these other teams in the past have said not one, not two, right. not three. I don't think the Nuggets would do that. I don't think they don't I don't think they feel they have the luxury right. to do that. They're just trying to build something. I mean, you have I think the difference is you have somebody like Giannis who again small market and it kind of feels like Giannis has maybe I don't know if he said it straight up, but the the feeling is that Giannis is going to be there and we expect yeah, to win a sure. bunch and the Nuggets come off a bit different. I don't know why. I think they think that they can win a couple more. I think they're just kind of I, I, don't, I think that everybody is a little bit, not confused, but nobody really knows how long Jokic is going to play. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's clear that he's, if he's going to be at this level, I, or he can be at the, he can play for as long as he wants. But, you know, I mean, the whole off season of does he love basketball truly and him saying, you know, I love my horses and, you know, not wanting to go to the parade initially, all that stuff, I think – it just, you know, it's tough to say this guy's going to play 10 years from now. And so I think they're they're probably thinking if we can get one more out of this group, that'd be great. And then uh, maybe down the line we can kind of rebuild and retool and maybe get another one. But I I agree. I, I haven't really heard much of any dynasty talk with uh, when it comes straight from Denver. I think there was some talk on national TV this offseason, but internally you haven't really heard. I mean, I'm sure – they want to, but I you haven't really heard them puffing their chest out and saying, oh, yeah, we're on our way. Look at all of our young assets that we have here. Yeah, and part of that is because of the West. Part of that is because sure. of how the East has retooled and Dame going over there, and obviously you have the Celtics as well. Looking here at defensive rating, Chris, 
the Kings, unfortunately, are starting to slip a little bit in defensive rating. Mm. They are now down to 20th. And 20th, they were okay. as high as – did they get to 17? I can't remember. I know I they were really at been, 18. Yeah. I know they were at 18. They are now down to 20th, so they are in that lower lower tier for defensive rating. And, you know, the – the more tired you get throughout the season, I get. I guess it makes sense, but sure. you got to dig deep. This is this is that time, and to be twentieth in defensive rating and thirteenth in offensive rating, that is not that is not the split. I think that most fans and the team and the organization really was hoping for coming into this season too, because you were one right. last season. You moved up a little bit defensively, right. but you dropped offensively, I think, way more than they were hoping. Yeah, exactly. And I'm looking at it here in the last five games even. The Kings are uh, 22nd in defensive rating. So it's not – you know, they've they've gotten worse. But also, um, you know, at the time in which you would hope that they start to start to play some really good or, or better defense than they've played all year, um, to have 116 rating is – it's just – it's just not good enough. And, I mean, you look at the teams in the last five games who have played, um, who haven't played defense just like the Kings. Um, it's it's a lot of teams at the bottom of the league. You have the Spurs. You have the Bulls. You have the Blazers. You have the Jazz. You have the Wizards. Um, this was the problem last year is that the Kings had the worst defense of any of the playoff teams, too. And that's the thing you have to look at is um, how many other teams, like uh, the Kings are 20th, how many of the teams higher than them in terms of 21 through 30 um, are playoff teams. It's probably not a lot. And so if you're walking into the playoffs as the worst defensive team, like I, I don't really need to express why that's that's so terrible. And so the Kings, they, of course, you want to get up in defensive rating, but I think eye test-wise too, you just like to see better consistent effort. I thought that Clipper game was incredible, but then to just – completely crap the bed against a shorthanded Miami team like yeah it makes sense that they're 20th in the NBA they they kind of deserve it yeah and look you talk about different recipes and, and combinations you you're 20th in defensive rating and you're the worst free throw shooting team Oof. those are basically the two <laughs> worst yeah, things you can probably combine going into the playoffs. Don't forget about the terrible three defense too and the and the three defense but at the same time it's all about Catching fire, it's That's all right. about spurts, and we've seen it bottled before. Yeah. Right? We're going to talk to Jake Shapiro when we get back analyst for denversports.com to see what Jake thinks about the Kings taking on the Nuggets and the future of Denver. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. We are joined by the one. The only Jake Shapiro analyst for DenverSports.com and Denver Sports, our sister station out there in Denver. Jake, thank you for joining us. Of course. Thanks for having me, guys. Let's start here, Jake. You know, we're very honest on this show. And when it comes to the Denver Nuggets, I think they are a little, I guess, confusing, if you will, in terms of expectations for them. Obviously, they're they're defending champions but moving forward, smaller markets like Denver and Sacramento, you're happy with what you got, right? So moving forward, what are the expectations if Jokic leaves, or sorry, or retires and or whichever, and you only ended up with the one championship, 
would it feel like a letdown or would it feel like, hey, at least we got one? Yeah, it's an interesting question. And one, Jokic is never leaving. That's just simply not happening. I gotcha. Uh, I gotcha. He, he could retire. And he could retire at the end of this Supermax contract, which mm-hmm. just kicked in this year. So I think he's got like four or five years left. Uh, wouldn't be too surprised if that happened, actually. But with Denver, the Nuggets had never done anything, right? Like the Nuggets hadn't even made the finals. So just winning the one feels like such an achievement. It was like LeBron winning in Cleveland, right? It, it just meant so much more. I think ultimately it would look awesome, especially for Jokic, who I think is kind of knocking on that door of top 10 players of all time category to get another championship because it'll kind of solidify him in those conversations. But for Nuggets fans about the Nuggets, one was enough. Like the Avs, we're upset that the Avs aren't winning another one here because the Avs have a history of winning championships. The Nuggets don't have that history. Interesting. I mean, yeah, Jake, and I'm curious just just – I mean, here in Sacramento right now, we're kind of going through the initial stages of the building and, and you know, breaking the 16-year playoff drought last year and felt like there was a lot of heightened expectations for this year. I'm just curious um, because the Kings build, the way that they're building this thing, has been directly comped to the way um, that the Nuggets decided to build their thing out. What do you remember about those early stages of the building process? And just more importantly, I guess, for, for us, like how did – how did the expectations change year to year and how did the team meet those expectations? Because we talk about how success isn't linear just because the Kings lose in the first round last year doesn't mean that they have to make the second round this year in order for it to be success. What, what do you just remember about the Denver early stages of this build? No doubt. You guys will probably say, unless you win a championship and when you win a championship, it'll, it'll top it. But Last year is probably going to be the most fun a Kings fan is ever going to have. Mm. The first year the Nuggets were really good with Jokic, I think it was like 18-19, was just awesome. Like no expectation. Every night was just so fun to watch. Um, And then you started to get into these expectations, particularly around the bubble. The bubble is Mm. when Nikola Jokic went from a really good all-star caliber player to, oh my God, this is probably one of the best players, if not the best player in the league. And then you had the expectations. Guys, we're probably talking about the Nuggets as a two-time champion right now if Jamal Murray doesn't tear his ACL. Mm-hmm. That's going to be one of the biggest what-ifs in Denver sports history. So you talk about those non-linear things. Well, a lot of things happened around the Nuggets, right? We couldn't figure out who to put next to Nikola Jokic. What type of power forward worked? They tried Jeremy Grant. They tried Trey Lyles. They tried mm-hmm. a lot of different guys. And the Nuggets still have this problem where they can't figure out what kind of center works behind Nikola Jokic as a Mm. backup center because they've got, you know, Jokic and Sabonis, such unique play styles that it doesn't really work. Then you look at Fox and Murray, both very good Kentucky guards, probably, you know, Fox should have been an all-star this year. Murray's like the biggest playoff riser of all time. He's pretty much an all-star, but he's not Uh, very similar in their play styles. But for me, it was, Jamal Murray kind of finding a way to make himself very good on defense last year Mm -hmm. and not getting exposed combined with Michael Porter Jr. Bringing in his finishing skills and his defensive ability and really honing in on his rebounding ability that made the Nuggets great, as well as Gordon's chemistry with Jokic. And then the final piece came when the Nuggets were finally like, all right, we love Monte Morris. We love Will Barton. Let's ship those two guys out and let's take a swing with KCP. So right now it's all well and fun for the Kings because they've built this organically. Pretty much Sabonis is a Kings guy now. Right. You know, they built it all organically. But I think it's going to come to a day where they go, we're going to have to trade two of our guys 
to, to take a chance on a different guy and make this work. And that might be exactly what happens this summer, depending on how this season ends. Talking with Jake Shapiro, analyst for Denver Sports com check out denver sports our sister station shout out to bonneville jake what are the worries that you have about this season with the nuggets they sit in the three seed you got an opportunity tonight you you, you got to assume that the t wolves will beat the grizzlies but what worries you the most about the nuggets this specific season yeah, I think you mentioned it. The The teams around the Nuggets have gotten better. I don't think the Nuggets are actually worse. If you look at their offensive and defensive ratings, they're almost the exact same as last year. Their defense has actually gotten better as a product of everyone else's offense getting better around the league. So the Nuggets are now top 10 offense and top 10 defense in the league, and that's a recipe for winning a title. So I think the Nuggets are still a serious title contender. I think what you guys saw right before the All-Star break with the Nuggets playing two awful games against the Kings, just an awful finish in one and then an awful all-around game, I don't think that's indicative of anything. The week before the All-Star break basically means nothing in the NBA. All these guys are thinking about Cabo. <laughs> um, so I, I'm not too concerned, but I am concerned if the Nuggets lose tonight to the Kings because I know that this is probably one of their – better playoff matchups mm -hmm. for the first round just speaking as a denver guy you know you look at the way these two teams match up uh right. it would probably be more favorable to the nuggets but i look around the west i see minnesota i'm really starting to take them seriously i didn't at the start of the season especially because the nuggets just owned them in that playoff series but it, it, they they look really good the clippers are legit and my biggest concern honestly fellas is the nuggets have played a lot of basketball the last two three years if they run into a young Oklahoma City team that just wants to run up and down the floor in the second round, mm -hmm. I don't know how that's going to go. Yeah. And look, like I I hear you, I hear you Jake, but at the same time from our side, we're saying we're, we would never sign up for the defending champs, <laughs> but because we've beaten you 3 times, we could say that we feel good about the matchup. Not that we would pick to face the Nuggets, but at least you got something. I don't know if you've been paying attention, but I think Kings fans out here in Sacramento would rather face the Nuggets in the first round than the Pelicans. They can't, they can't beat the Pelicans, but for some reason they can beat the Nuggets. Yeah, that Pelicans-Kings game in the in-season tournament was rough. Like, was I, I remember rough. that one well. Yeah. Like, yeah, so, no, and, and I get it because you look at the two teams and I think every the fan bases are staring at each other kind of pointing, you know, Spider-Man. Yeah. Exactly. We, we're the same, right? The thing is, the Nuggets are a little bit bigger just all around than the Kings. And I like the Kings' size. That's one thing that the Kings have that a lot of teams in the league don't have. And you walk into an NBA arena and you're like, this team's kind of small compared to the Nuggets. The Kings, that's not going to be a thing. But you wonder about some of the ancillary guys besides Fox and Sabonis. And honestly, Fox and Sabonis haven't proven it in the playoffs, kind of like the way Jokic and Murray have. I'm not saying that they can't do it in the playoffs. I'm just saying Jokic and Murray have done it time yeah, and time right. again, right? What's it going to look like in game seven on the road if you're a Kings fan? Right. I'm not sure. Neither are you guys, honestly. No. So um, I, I do wonder with guys like Keegan Murray, like, um, you know, what what can they contribute? Whereas I've seen Michael Porter Jr. over 20 games in the playoffs, and even when his shot is not going down like it wasn't in the finals, he mm. found a way to contribute. Yeah. Jake, I'm curious. This is the first time we've seen this season that that the Nuggets are healthy. Every time the Kings have played them, either Jamal has been out, uh, KCP, I believe, has been out for two games, and uh, Michael Porter Jr. has missed a game as well. Um, I saw Mike Malone say the other day uh, that the one seed isn't the most important thing to us. It's about being healthy. Uh, first off, do you agree with Mike Malone's statement there that, that you know, especially playing in Denver, the number one seed isn't the most important thing for them? 
And two, I mean, with the injuries that you guys have dealt with this year, do you even feel like you guys have, have fully peaked yet? Um, I think the Nuggets are kind of peaking right now. They, they had a really good stretch in January, but you you hear what they've been talking about in practice the last few days, and they're really taking this stretch first 10 games out of All-Star break very seriously. Mm. So if you're a Kings fan, the, the Nuggets that you haven't seen yet this year, you're going to see them tonight. This is the first time you're actually going to see the Nuggets fully healthy. And the starting five does matter for the Nuggets. They're the best starting five in basketball Oh, oh, by net rating the last two years, it's not even really close. Uh, Boston this year has gotten a little bit better if you just single in on this year. But again, there's been all sorts of weird things with Jamal Murray the last two years with injury coming back from that ACL. And at times his knees kind of bu bugging him, but he's playing through it. Anyway, long story short is the Nuggets need their starting five. Like the sixth man for the Nuggets is Peyton Watson. He's, <laughs> he's a fun young player. You don't want him playing 40 minutes in a playoff series. You want the starting five out there, you ultimately can probably win game seven on the road with your starting five, but you might not win game seven at home if Peyton Watson or Christian Brown are in your starting lineup. So I'm with Malone. I get what he thinks, but at the same time, the Nuggets went 16 and four in the postseason last year and they only lost once at yeah. home. So home court advantage does matter a lot, but you kind of look at the trend in the NBA right now and where the Nuggets are. They play Minnesota three more times in the second half of this year. Oof. Minnesota has one of the toughest schedules left in basketball. They have like four more, five more, six more back-to-backs. They've got quite a few back-to-backs. The Nuggets' last back-to-back of the season is tonight and tomorrow. Wow. So the Nuggets are going to be able to make up the ground in Minnesota. The question is, can they make it up on Oklahoma City, who they dropped three games to already this year? Jake Shapiro, thank you so much. This is great, man. Analyst for DenverSports.com. We'll get you out of here. But look, if the Kings end up, Against the Nuggets, you got to come back on this show, and Please. maybe maybe we can do a little. Is there a is there a specific Denver food or something? We can you can send it out here. If we win, we'll send you something from Sacramento. If the Kings win, we got a lot of room to go until we get there. But this has been awesome, man. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, I don't think you guys want the Rocky Mountain Oysters. No, 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 definitely, no. Not. Yeah. definitely not. Definitely yeah. not. But I guess if we lose, maybe you can say guess, you got to right. you got to take care of business. That's we great. will handle all that <laughs> next time we talk to you, Jake Shapiro. Thank you so much, man. We'll talk to you soon. Good talking, fellas. Jake Shapiro, analyst for DenverSports.com. When we return, we continue the conversation and we discuss the odds for Clutch Player of the Year. De'Aaron's mm. up there, but how high is he? Styles and Watkins, Sackdown Sports.